and hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet it's sunday night and as always matt and myself are back again to entertain you for another hour and some change with comic book goodness we got news we got books to catch up on that we've been reading we got fun conversation we got it all here matt we do we also have subscriptions thank you cyborg soldier for subscribing for two months Yes, always very, very appreciated uh, when we get some subscriptions, either be it here or be it uh, over on Patreon or YouTube or any of our other things. You know, you guys are the lifeblood that keeps us all going. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially in these trying ass times. And uh, with that, hey, nice segue. How uh, how has your week been, Matt? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. It's, I, I was a little bit busier than I usually am, so I couldn't get to a lot of the books that I wanted to this week and read a lot of the comics I wanted to this week. But it was, it was pretty pretty chill week that's good i uh what did i do oh uh this is the week i decided to get back on keto i weighed myself and i was 270 and i'm like all right that's too dangerously <laughs> close to the weight i was like two years ago when i decided to actually start losing some weight mm-hmm. and ended up being the lightest i've ever been so yeah i've been doing that for a week and i'm at the irritable withdrawal stages right now where like i really really want uh some junk food but i know yeah, i can't have yeah, it yeah the um that's the stage where you get like the the headaches which, yes. are, which are totally normal for like what you're oh, doing yeah. and everything but yeah it, it, it can be a bit scary yeah the uh, the keto flu as they call yeah. it i also uh, was able to get my hands on some barbells which is good for me because you know it's not just enough to change the diet you gotta actually try and exercise a little too to help it along so i've started doing that yesterday i did reps and today i did uh uh, what is it squats and it's one of those things where it's like oh i haven't used those muscles since last <laughs> march so fuck me <laughs> what's funny is that like i tried this before uh around christmas time because i had gotten that keto meal deal mm-hmm. and even though i hadn't been eating healthy i'm like well i guess i better try and do it for like at least a month so these people know that they got their money's worth by sponsoring me (laughs) and i think i lost like around like four pounds i was like 260 something and i dropped it down to like you know i was like 264 and i dropped it down to 260 and i'm like all right cool you know at least i know i can do it and then i went back to eating like shit when they uh continued the lockdown and then i weighed myself just recently i'm like oh no 270 because i was 280 the fattest i'd ever been when i'm like all right i'm done with this yeah lockdown didn't particularly help No, no, not at all. And my my idea is my hope, fingers crossed, is everyone keeps saying, you know, by summer, by like August here in Ontario, they should hopefully have, you know, something in place for people like me to get the vaccine. So, you know, I'm really hoping that, you know, when that's said and done, I can come out of this not looking like a big tub of marshmallow goo. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, yeah. I can I can only hope so that I can, you know, not not look like absolute shit. So I'm working working on that. Zeke saying he got really buff in lockdown. Well, good for you, Zeke. I'm glad, I'm glad one of us did because I sure as shit did. <laughs> It's, it's crazy, too, to think we're coming up on, like, the quarantine anniversary right now, and, like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? Like, yeah, around this time last year, everyone was starting to hear about about mm. a, about a virus over in China, and like, I think... Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, I, like, end of February is when it started sort of going, going places, because I know in March is when we locked down. Yep. What's, uh, what are the traditions that we're going to have to observe now? 
for quarantine anniversary are we all gonna have to sit around the quarantine tree which is basically just a bunch of toilet paper that we stole and put together and toilet watched. paper with zoom on a zoom computer on the top there you go we're are we all gonna have to do that what what great quarantine specials are we gonna have to watch <laughs> tiger king we're all gonna have to rewatch tiger king for the first time since it came out mm-hmm that's the way it has to go. We're going to have to see that. Man, I love the little extra amendum on top of that Tiger King story that he was so sure that when uh, Trump got out of office, he was pardoning people <laughs> left and right for money. Joe Exotic was so sure he would get a pardon. Then he didn't. I, I like that he was so sure in it that he paid for a limo to go and wait outside the... And it was like the most like redneck limo as well. It was, oh, like, yeah. it was like a Dodge Ram limo. <laughs> big stretch hummer you know things that gets like zero miles to the gallon oh yeah that that is just the perfect little like what yep that's how that story ends <laughs> that it was that damn jeff Lowe. i bet he was behind it oh yeah damn you jeff Lowe. damn you <laughs> uh god remember the early days of quarantine oh how innocent we were when we were all captivated by the tiger king oh no <laughs> It's shocking to think, like, shit is still coming out now and, like, they're still filming stuff currently. Like, obviously, I say before, I'm a big fan of Law & Order SVU, and it's amazing to me that they were actually able to film stuff in stores. Yeah, I, I, um, I've been watching the show Shameless, and they, they've been doing dealing with the coronavirus as well. And it's, it's so weird because you see, like, that when they get in with, like, more than, like, three people, everyone's, like, putting their masks on and everything, and it's, it's so weird. As KT in the chat is saying, hey, he was an essential worker, so he had to leave the house all year and only tested positive once. Well, we <laughs> hope you're doing better, KT. That's that's something I'm happy to say that while I know a lot of people who got sick, I didn't get sick and no one in my bubble got sick. Same, same. I, I got really lucky. I got really lucky just because I live in like a pretty good country. I mean, me too. And also I live in the sticks, so there's like nothing <laughs> around here. The only thing where it got really scary is that because so many people from the city wanted to get tested but couldn't, they came up here to my small town ah. and everyone was freaking the hell out. Yeah, yeah, I can see why. <laughs> yeah, where they're like, hey guys, hey, hey, calm, calm down, calm <laughs> down with that. But yeah, as far as I know, no one got sick. Uh, what is there? Uh, I mean, some nursing homes got it pretty bad, and I think there was like one bar restaurant here where they had to send everyone home, but by and large, it could have been way worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all right. Uh, anything else to get up to? Anything at all? I know we both watched WandaVision, and this was a big <laughs> episode this week, and we'll have to talk about that later on. Definitely, definitely, yeah, and um, yeah, we'll talk about the discourse around it since people seem to forget shows like it existed and yes. like oh, t yes. TV existed before streaming services. Weekly mm. TV existed before streaming services. I don't know about that, Matt, because it kind of feels like TV has only really started now with streaming. <laughs> t TV was invented in 2019. <laughs> Man, it is going to be so weird. And you know it's coming that there is like a whole generation of kids who have only known streaming television, have only known apps, have only known... Mm -hmm like what is it screens on their computer and their phone they will have no idea what destination television was where it's like you had to be home for this to watch it at this time and then if you missed it you might never see it again yeah you might you, you the only time you might see it again is if you, you buy the dvd box set uh -huh. or or god forbid they do an encore on like a sunday night or something yeah 
man, I used to love DVD box sets because it was like, you know, you really felt like you owned a show fully mm -hmm. completely. Now with all the streaming stuff, it seems so superfluous to think that there was a yeah. time when that was the coolest thing you could get a season. Yeah, as Cameron says, remember DVRs? I thought I was a god when I had DVR. And <laughs> TiVo I and everything like that. Man, like just so many like flash in the pan things that we've seen in our lifetime. Frickin', uh, what is it? HD DVDs. Remember that? Very briefly were the rivals to Blu-ray and everyone <laughs> didn't know what the number one format was going to be. Uh, those red jewel cases. I remember seeing yeah. heaps of them and then you see them heaps in like the, uh, I, I actually saw one. When did I see one? Not too long ago. I think it might've been the start of last year at like one of those, um, like, like wholesale shops that just sell like a bunch of overstock stuff yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fairly certain i saw one of them there i'm like who still buys this stuff i'm sure i'm sure there are collectors out there i mean same people who buy like betamax and shit people who are just like you know <laughs> got weird fetishes for outmoded pieces of media <laughs> as the chat mentions hulu tv hey remember uh if you had like a disney plus thing there was supposed to be something like i think mm -hmm. in the last couple of weeks we were supposed to flip a switch and you were supposed to be able to get hulu now what happened so, with that uh, is that is that the star thing that's coming out that comes out on february 23rd okay yeah because i remember there's that well yeah there's star that's a thing but also didn't disney plus also have some sort of deal with hulu where you could get that in there too well, if you already I, uh had i think disney that plus? was coming at the same time right the same time as as star or a little bit after it sometime around the same time okay because i've never had hulu before but i'll totally pick it up if it's included and man i uh i've been overdue a rewatch of futurama and i think i shall <laughs> mainly because i watched all the simpsons multiple times on disney plus and tried to watch disenchanted but it just didn't work yeah that show never really fell with me i i don't know i saw people saying oh it's like futurama but like medieval i'm like not really the the jokes just aren't there the characters are interesting enough but the jokes are just not there mm -hmm. which is hard to believe that it's so many of the same people who uh worked on futurama and worked on classic simpsons and everything and it's just not there mm -hmm. i know some people and these are people who you know i was surprised to hear this but not that surprised where they're like oh i watch it for like you know the lore and everything and i'm like really so the so it's a comedy that's not funny but has a lot of devoted followers because of the lore interesting the lore the lore watch it for the lore man and yes these people are also youtube friends of mine as well too <laughs> gotta watch it for the lore so i guess with that out of the way we can hop into the show proper this week uh we got a lot of news to cover but before we do matt time to pay the bills time to keep the heat on time to keep the heat on Time to keep the heat on. And you know it's a great way to take the heat off, Matt, with a cool, refreshing Wild Bill Craft Soda. I've got a Diet Rocky Mountain Root Beer in front of me right now. Uh, again, it's my treat for the week. It's diet, so it doesn't have sugar in it. So, you know, I think I think I earned this. I think I earned this satisfying crack <laughs> right there right now. Mm. And if you want to get some of this for yourself, you absolutely can. Use the promo code CAPEJOEL for 10% off on your first purchase and not only will you be getting yourself a sweet treat to help stave off this quarantine madness until we could all get out in the real world and have a real drink with each other again but you'll also be helping matt and myself out in fact you know uh wild bill as a company has offered some great tools for me to actually keep up to date on how much you guys are buying and what kind of retention this is having on the show and people are indeed buying using oh, our code awesome. 
So I very much appreciate that, everyone. We're not near our first paycheck yet, but, you know, keep up there. And we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, for forget the stonk market, Matt. I'm in the soda market. This is how I'm going to make my money. <laughs> Take that, Wall Street. <laughs> Take my delicious carbonated beverage, which even though this is diet, this is just as smooth, actually. So there you go. So thank you again. <laughs> wild bill for helping us out with that and thank you uh to what is it uh everyone who uh during my like little meltdown there a couple weeks ago it's like ah joel i'm sure it'll turn up you know for uh sponsors on the show and it did and i know we're gonna have a lot more coming in the next little bit yeah yeah i'm i'm excited I'm excited. Yes, I've got I've got my fingers in some interesting pies. There's at least one product that I hope to uh, get to talk about in the next few weeks that Ooh. I'm sure we'll have very have very much fun talking about. Interesting. Yes, very interesting. I haven't even told Matt this, everyone. So Matt <laughs> is also having to guess. Uh, and with that, I suppose we can hop into our first news story of the week, and uh, it involves DC Comics and uh, DC Comics doing something that I never thought I would see them do, Matt. They're ending their exclusive contract program. Yeah, the, I, this is like in the long list of like shakeups they've had because obviously they they're not with Diamond Distribution anymore. Um, uh, the, yeah, yeah, they they've sh shaken shaken up like their editor. Uh, structure like bob harris and uh dan dio aren't there anymore uh and now this yeah this uh news story broke as part of like a bigger story involving brian michael bendis and his contract because of course bendis was the most highest paid man in comics when he went to dc and uh i i don't know if he dropped it or if people just figured it out but yeah his contract had come up and they chose not to re-up his contract. Obviously, Bendis is still working at DC right now. He's going to be doing that Justice League book and probably some more projects. But yeah, mm -hmm. they're not doing exclusive contracts anymore, which on one hand is kind of cool because that's never really been done before. And that means we can see some of our favorite DC writers go other wares and, you know, mm -hmm. write image stuff and write Marvel stuff. But also... Uh, this means that uh, comic writers aren't going to get that nice, sweet, fat, uh, exclusive paycheck per page that you normally get, which was one of the biggest incentives to sign an exclusivity contract with DC or Marvel. Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe they've they've got some new sort of structure now. Now that that's not there, there's something that um, will entice people to just come work for them, not exclusive now. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what's going on there. Uh, you got to wonder uh, if, you know, this will affect Marvel and maybe make them want to budge in their own way because obviously they got some really cool talent that are locked down with them right now. And I wonder, would they like the freedom, even if that means taking a pay cut? I wonder. Yeah. Um, Tevia, how do you know Bendis' Justice League sucks? The book isn't even out yet. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I wasn't going to call him on it, but yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's not even out yet. You don't even know yet. Could be anything. But uh, yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting development here. And obviously, you know, we're not going to see the effects of it right away. But uh, in the future, we could see some really interesting stuff going on here. Like uh, there's nothing to say now that James Tynan couldn't go and write something for Marvel. Obviously, Tynan's busy because he's got like all mm -hmm. those Hill House and horror stuff going yeah. on. But yeah. I guess it kind of works out because there are like a lot of big DC people who are also having their own interesting side projects right now. Like Snyder has a new book coming out. A lot of their like mm -hmm. key people who used to be under exclusive contracts, interestingly enough, already had Indian image stuff in the pipeline anyway. You have to wonder if if this is uh, 
sort of works out for them whether Marvel will follow suit as well. Because I could see that because it's kind of a win-win for the company because like then they can they can they can uh, they don't have to pay the the writers or uh, writers and artists and all that 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 exclusive mm-hmm. bonus that they would usually get, yeah. and they're free to kind of hire whoever they want. I mean, it kind of seems like a win-win. If there's a downside yeah. to it, I certainly don't see it yet. Yeah, you have to wonder too. Is this some of that AT&T influence going on there where they're like, wait, wait, wait. So your industry only makes this much money and you're still so piddly and territorial about who gets who that you sign people to exclusivity contracts? Motherfucker, your best work is a drop in the bucket to our movies and TV shows and everything else. <laughs> drop that. Don't be silly. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny to think, and you said it yourself, Matt, that we have seen so much DC upheaval in the last couple of years between all those editors getting the axe uh moving to tuesdays which i thought was just going to be a short-term thing mm-hmm. until stores opened up again but now it just looks like dc comics are going to be on tuesday now forever yeah and it, and it works for them as well they get that that extra day uh it, it it's handy for people like us who review the books since we can have a, a dc day and then a marvel day True. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I didn't like it at first. And I have to imagine that if I was still going to the store and buying comics, I'd still probably just go on Tuesday because everything would still be there. Mm-hmm. I would just go on Wednesday because everything would be there that day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of cool. DC done with exclusive contracts. We'll have to see what this will mean in the future. Yeah. And I mean, I'm intrigued to see like who else they're going to get, because especially in this in this infinite frontier it's a lot of like new writers or like writers who haven't done all that much there's not you know there's they don't have your scott snyder's or your jeff john's headlining big books it's all new people yeah excellent point matt i wonder was that a big impetus behind it as well because again future state is many things and a testing ground is one of them and one of the big uh, denominators amongst all these different people writing future state books is that they either weren't triple a talent or they were talent brought in from other industries, be it like, you know, they wrote cartoons or they wrote, uh, what is it, TV shows or movies mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah, I wonder, is that going to be the future? Are they going to be looking less to established, uh, like, AAA comic book talent? And will they start spreading that love a little bit around? Because really, getting an exclusive contract was one of the biggest ways to know that you were a AAA talent because they wanted to lock you down and make sure the other guy couldn't use you. Yeah, and it, it could also be, like, as you said, they're bringing in more like tv writers movie writers book writers that could be a thing with at&t to like maybe try and shore up stuff for like the movie side of stuff quite possibly like get it sort of in already in a position where they can easily adapt it because oh it was written by like a movie writer Mm, it's got all all the all the like sort of um capstones that like a movie has or something so it's easily adaptable yeah, they're future proofing for mm-hmm. uh, the many multimedia projects of the future. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. Be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, all right, what else we got going on here? Oh, uh, here's a story that caught a fair amount of flack and for obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> Matt, I miss vacations, don't you? Eh. I do. I really need one right now, but the thought of just traveling makes me so stressed. I want to pull my freaking hair out at the idea. <laughs> it's like, I, I need a vacation because I can't leave. I can't leave because of the horrible deadly disease. And if I did try and leave my house, I'd probably catch the deadly disease. But yeah, I miss vacations. I miss conventions, which when you're a YouTube person, 
conventions are the closest thing I get to a vacation, and even then I'm still working on there. Mm-hmm. I basically don't sleep for like three days, and I don't see my hotel that I overpaid for. <laughs> but uh, apparently Image and Skybound have come together to try and remedy this problem in maybe the worst way possible. No, the worst way possible. In the worst way possible. Apparently sometime next year, Skybound and Image are trying to come together to plan a Comic-Con cruise. This is... This is not a good idea, mainly because, for me, because uh, here at Australia, we had, like, a big cruise ship coronavirus fucking scandal and everything. I remember. And, and yeah, um, yeah, how is this a good idea? (laughs) How? It's funny. It's funny. A lot of people actually incorrectly said that this would be the first convention of its kind. Mm -mm -mm. There is the Star Trek cruise that has been going for a long time. There was also the Fan 2C Cruise, which I know about. That was like a couple years back. And I know about that because I tried very hard to get myself on that thing, and they blew me off every time I tried to get on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's also been like a couple of Disney ones. Oh, um, God, yeah. And yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> it's it's like, look, yeah, obviously a Comic-Con on a cruise. That's a fun idea two years ago yeah 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 uh, not in a in a world post you know horrible uh virus that that yeah. uh infects people in small confined areas you know it's not a very good idea to be putting people on a small confined area in the middle of the ocean with no way of getting off and also again that's kind of wishful thinking where they're like we're not planning on doing it this year we're planning on doing it next year because you know by next year everything will be in order right and everyone will be vaccinated and this will be great okay even if that's the case though we're actually learning so much stuff now about why cruises actually suck and are super unethical across the board i think john oliver did a what is it a whole freaking episode on cruises and how fucked up they are and like how maritime law doesn't protect you at all i I was talking i was talking with our friend uh good friend kirk about this and it because he was the first one talking about it that i noticed about this yes and um and uh i i it reminded me of that that bill burr bit about cruise ships and it made me want just like oh well maybe the type of people that go on cruise ships like maybe this isn't such a bad idea (laughs) yeah I mean, they do seem to be the most people in love with it. And, you know, let's try and get that Venn <laughs> diagram of those types of people and the comic going public. <laughs> yeah, I imagine the people who would go on a cruise like that now really don't like their masks. I'm going to say that much. For yeah. Tish. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, go check out John Oliver's episode. I think it's a closer look or whatever it is on cruise ships. I don't remember all the specifics, but it's always with that show where it's like, oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, that sounds horrible, too. (laughs) Oh, hey, Kirk's in the chat right now. Yeah, hey, Kirk, we were giving you your due for bringing this to our attention. The stupidity of a Comic-Con cruise. Yeah, it it is a terrible, terrible idea. The room, some people just can't read it. Yeah. Also... Also, to the fact that this is coming from Image and Skybound, it's like, guys, aren't you usually the smarter? Aren't you, like, the more well-read indie crowd? Like, if this was, you know, friggin' DC or Marvel that came up with this idea, it's like, yeah, that's a dumb brain-dead idea from a massive corporation, but you guys are supposed to be the little guys. What the fuck? It kind of sounds like one of those ideas that, like, maybe someone did pitch and it was, like, quickly thrown off the board, but then someone else heard about it, and then that someone else heard about it from someone else, and it was, like, one of those sort of, like, purple monkey dishwasher chinese whispers sort of thing (laughs) 
it, it got pitched into the trash then someone dug it up out yeah. of the trash I'm like hey this yeah. is okay yeah because <laughs> yeah as i as i think of it there are like a bunch of successful cruises or there were back in the day post uh or pre-corona again the chat mentioned the kiss cruise uh the jericho uh wrestling cruise which was another apparently he still tried to run that and i'm like oh jericho no nobody no <laughs> can i get those Stop revenue it. streams it's like look at least when jericho says it, it's like come on this guy made a career getting hit in the head with chairs at least i know he's not the smartest person on the planet <laughs> Hey, look, I just want a place for my band, Fozzie, to play. <laughs> is, is this the thing? Is, are we getting this just so Kirkman can have a place to uh, sell, uh, what is it, his next big idea? Look, now that I'll have you on this boat and you can't leave, <laughs> let me tell you about my next follow-up to The Walking Dead. <laughs> You're going to love it. Now, look, this is a stupid idea, but when we get the comic Multiverse Cruise together, <laughs> then it won't be a stupid idea. Then it will be great. We'll be behind at 100%. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, when I say cruise, what I really mean is this old fishing slope that I was able to rent for the day. It's the houseboat. And the, yeah, and instead of the ocean, it's just kind of the local city pool. Don't ask how I got it into the local city pool. And I cannot get it out. <laughs> just gonna be me sitting in a kiddie pool going it's a cruise <laughs> yep it's a cruise it's all it is come one come all have a great time you're gonna love it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so there's you, you know we don't often get stories like this matt where we can all just you know uh what is it armchair general and be like this is a dumb idea let us talk about all the reasons this is a dumb idea <laughs> i think this is this is this is the type of situation where that is absolutely allowed because it is a stupid idea <laughs> This is good, bad news. We need more good, bad news <laughs> that we can easily talk about. No more of that bad, bad news that is just heartbreaking and soul-rending. Let's, you know, just have good, bad idea when, news. When, when Joe Exotic gets out of prison, can we have, like, a Tiger King cruise? It's just, like, a, oh, a, yeah. a cruise ship filled with tigers. Man, when he gets out of jail, you know he's going to be doing the con circuit because that's what minor celebrities like him do. We are going to be seeing him at every Comic-Con and every show from here to eternity. It's going to be Meet the Tiger King guy, and I'm sure he'll get in trouble because, you know, he'll have a van full of baby tigers because obviously, you know, you make the autograph money and then you do the side thing because, you know, guys like that can't stop but side hustle. Yeah, he'll have a, t a van full of tigers or something. He'll bring a gun somewhere where he's not meant oh, to or, so, so, or which is he'll everywhere. he'll own a gun which he can't because he's now a convicted felon felon yeah 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 there's gonna be so many places for that to fuck up <laughs> so drunk joe exotic high on meth crashed a van full of baby tigers into the star trek convention <laughs> boy that was fun yeah <laughs> uh. <laughs> So yeah, everyone. Yeah, Jeff Lowe would crash his ship. You're absolutely right. He would crash the Tiger Cruise. <laughs> Damn you, Jeff Lowe. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> oh, man. So there's your cruise news, everyone. We'll be sure to keep you up to date on this as it develops. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be happening. <laughs> you know, if no, I don't think it is going to be either. But man, if Image and Skybound had a sense of humor, they're like, "Hey, Joel and Matt, how would you guys like to partake in this cruise? <laughs> All expenses paid." <laughs> <laughs> Just really calling our bluff, like you called us stupid. But I bet if you, if we paid for your room and food for like three nights, you'd take it. <laughs> 
and then I'd have that angel and devil on my shoulder moment. I'd be like, what do I do, guys? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and before we can answer that question, moving on. Uh, so X-Men, Matt, still going strong after X of Swords? It is, yeah. And uh, one of the coolest things they're doing in storyline right now is that Cyclops is reestablishing the X-Men team to be something more heroic and more outside the purview of the Quiet Council. And uh, he's going to pick the team, but we, as the readers, get to pick a member of the team, too. For the first time in a long time, we're getting an actual, uh, what is it, actual election where we, the fans, can pick the next member of the X-Men team. Yeah, and this isn't just some, like like marketing thing this is actually something like i think it might have been uh the x-factor writer leah williams explained that like this is like whoever wins like people are going to have to change their stories in their books and everything to accommodate yeah. this like this isn't just going to be some one-off thing marketing which, thing which in my mind is like why would you do it that way why would you have characters that would make other writers have to change their stories i don't see the point that <laughs> I, I imagine like, it's, it's sort of like a cookie cutter thing where it's like place I guess. winner here sort of thing i guess yeah uh obviously uh what is it after the first couple days of polling polaris pulled into the lead i think last time i looked she had like a 22 percent lead over everyone else so a pretty sizable lead yeah i i've been following this from a distance i haven't voted yet because cypher and 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 his his big titty warrior girlfriend isn't in isn't in this it's it's a rigged election um Absolutely. but but yeah i've been following this and from what i gather polaris is only winning because there's a group of x-men fans that seem to think it's related to the gifted coming back oh and are voting oh, is that why people were talking well, about gifted on i i, Twitter this I think so yeah because again i was i've been following leah williams because she's she's a shit posting master and <laughs> and she's she's been get, getting much hate from all of this because she doesn't want to vote for flower she vote i think marrow or armor and um yeah from what i, I gathered mean, it was people who like because they saw the name polaris they immediately thought it was because of the gifted so they voted that's for that in hopes that the show would come back. Okay. That's, <laughs> see, I thought Polaris was in the lead because she has the coolest costume and the best power and has arguably <laughs> done more than just about anyone else in this list of people you can choose from. Yeah, with Sunspot is like a close second. Uh, yeah, Kirk saying there that he was a strong guy uh voter yeah it's hard not to love strong guy as an underdog similarly i voted for banshee and threw my vote away on a third fucking party clearly <laughs> i'm the goddamn what is a nader voter over here for fuck's sake <laughs> you can do it i think you'll be great banshee he's irish he fly he scream good what not to like he's also not on a book is another thing he's also yeah, not on a yeah. team now so it makes sense but uh yeah, so once again, Matt, another rigged election for our age. Polaris with her connected father in the Quiet Council yep. and all the money and everything else there. Yep. The establishment candidate pulling ahead amongst, you know, Sunspot, who had a whole five-point plan to pick the X-Men. I do find the selection quite strange. It is. It's very like, strange. It's a very strange. It's a cool, cool, cool. It's not like, I'm glad it's not like your usual members uh yeah. unusual x-men it's all quite strange x-men but yeah it's it's a very strange uh assortment i mean marrow and armor and strong guy definitely have like cult following sunspot did a lot ar arguably more as an avenger during those mm -hmm. last couple of years than yeah. he did as an x-men 
then you got like weird picks like Forge, where it's like, well, Forge is basically a character in the X Force book. Yeah, he's kind of yeah, he's like their armorer sort of thing. Like he he's technically isn't on a team. team. Yeah. And then you got like temp, uh, Tempo and Boom Boom, where it's like, okay, those are like weird characters no one has thought of in a while. Okay, I can see putting them in there and everything. And Cannonball, Cannonball was in the last X-Men book, and he was in New Mutants. Yeah, I was about to say, he's technically on the New Mutants. Yeah. Here's the problem, though. If they put Cannonball in his USA Avengers costume, where he had like the jacket and everything, yeah. then I would have voted for him. Yeah, yeah. Or am I thinking of Speedball? I mix up Cannonball and Speedball. Sometimes I mix up the characters with Ball in their name. <laughs> I have weird character dyslexia. <laughs> but yeah, this is cool that they let us pick. I mean, it certainly seems like Polaris is the shoe in now. Yeah, yeah, I have to imagine she's going to win unless someone like gains a, a sizable lead before it before the voting ends, which ends very soon. I think tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah, as right. we record this. Unless someone totally cheats it, which, you know, again, yeah. to this day, people still think that's what happened I, with the phone uh, call in for uh, Jason Todd. Again, I keep telling people, write in Cypher, write it in, ah. get him on the ballot. Get him on the ballot. <laughs> He's basically your member of the council and an X-Men already. Just give it to him. <laughs> Just give it to him, because obviously everywhere he goes, Bathe the Blood Huntress is <laughs> yes. <laughs> big titty waifu comes with him. So there you go. If you want Snoo Snoo, vote for Cypher. <laughs> That's the rule. I didn't make the rules. <laughs> I just enforce them so yeah there you go everyone and again that's the problem too with having a vote like this especially in something as big and grandiose and all-encompassing as x-men where it's like everybody is gonna want to write in their own character mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> i wonder too if these are the characters you can vote for who is gonna be on the team so you obviously got cyclops and gene i wonder who else it's gonna be i hope they kind of do like an ask for it's like well polaris rin but like all these other characters got voted for or not so we're just going to make the new x-men team out of all of them <laughs> that's okay yeah that's really funny if this is the x-men team you're looking at it right here <laughs> and, and and all we're voting for is like the hierarchy on the team so it's like oh polaris yeah. is the leader or it's like then forge is like the second in command and and <laughs> oh that'd be really funny we tricked you and this is actually the team you're looking at <laughs> Because, yeah, you're right. You look at the team together. It's like, oh, this is an interesting team under Cyclops and Gene. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a lot of different generations, a lot of different powers, a lot of stuff going on. All right. Yeah. All right. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Uh, all right. Moving on from there. Uh, oh, we got some news about that Sandman TV series, which I swear to fuck I've been hearing about this all my goddamn life that they're making a Sandman movie or a Sandman TV it, show so much to the point that I got like fucking, you know, blindness and deafness whenever it's mentioned. It, it doesn't help as well that I think around the same time this was announced, they announced they're doing like an audio drama or something. Season two audio drama. Yeah, because so I got confused because I saw like the casting for this. I'm like, oh, is this that thing that had like James McAvoy and all that? In Joseph it, Gordon like, Levitt was also yeah. attacked for a bit. Yeah, is, is that the same as this? Oh no, it's something completely different. Okay. So this is a brand new Netflix thing for Sandman. I know they've only threatened to turn it into a movie or a TV show a hundred different times, but no, they're actually doing it this time. And we got some word on the casting, and they got some pretty interesting names attached. They do. I'm surprised it's not an HBO Max. Same, same, same. Yeah. Well, maybe Netflix had the rights to it still. Yeah. Because, yeah, we got Tom Sturridge, Stutridge. I'm terrible with last names. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be Dream of the Endless. And then we got Gwendolyn frickin' Christie. Brienne of Tarth apparently is Lucifer in this, where I'm like, all right, you got my attention now. We were just talking about big waifu ladies. So yeah, there you go. Exactly. You've got my attention now. I love you, big lady Satan. <laughs> You're my favorite, big lady Satan. And oh man, this is going to blow a lot of minds of people who are watching that Lucifer show and know that it's technically supposed to be the same Lucifer, but it's not going to be the same Lucifer. Oh, well, you know, it, it could actually be the same Lucifer. I mean, Luce, it's Lucifer. It can be whoever they want to be. True enough. Yeah, I wonder, will there be any connection? Probably not. But then again, doesn't Lucifer do really, really good on uh friggin netflix anyway i think it does i think i know i know that shows uh has definitely got a big following yeah if anyone could force a crossover what a weird crossover that we'll just have that guy where we would just have tom ellis turn into gwendolyn christie or vice versa (laughs) that's fine i'm sure people wouldn't have any problem with that (laughs) but yeah so we're that much closer to sandman everyone one of the most seminal comics of all time one of the greatest most well-known neil gaiman projects of all time is going to be a thing sooner rather than later because we're just kind of at that point now of the superhero comic book arms race where people are trying to make shows and movies out of everything that has any popular name cachet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hey, it could work. Yeah, yeah. Probably works better as a TV show. Yeah. And as we're seeing now, I mean, you can throw a lot of money and a lot of production quality at television shows to make them look and feel almost as good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go, everyone. If you're excited for Sandman, now you actually have something to go on, <laughs> which is good. And uh, with that out of the way, uh, we can get to our final news story this week, which is checking in on WandaVision. We had episode four this week, Matt. Now for something Did. completely different. <laughs> And different, it certainly was. It lived up to that name after three episodes that really lock you into this kind of Nick at Night retro American TV aesthetic. This is the first time we finally get to pull back the curtain, essentially, and see what's going on in the real world. <laughs> yeah. It. Oh, God, this is so damn cool. Um, so, yeah, it, it's basically the last three episodes from a different perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm sure is we get to hang out with monica rambeau who we now know is geraldine but also we don't pick up with her right after she gets like kicked out of westview we pick up with her right when she comes back after the snap which i was not expecting yeah we actually get to see her come back from the snap and just see the the chaos that that caused (laughs) in one hospital we don't know what it was like throughout the whole world And to see that from the perspective of someone who is basically like a quote-unquote regular person who is only tangentially connected to the Avengers and to the Marvel superheroes, to see that from their point of view and then get like the sickening gut punch of, oh yeah, your mom died while you were gone for three years. Fuck. (laughs) Like, oh man, that really sucks for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's really, really harsh. We get to learn a little bit more about S.W.O.R.D. and also the new acronym that accompanies S.W.O.R.D., the Sentient Weapon, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, and uh, I like that we find out that it wasn't always called that. It was called the original, but they changed it to sort of go match up with the threats they're facing now. Mm-hmm. 
yes, to help uh, kind of bring in everything because they can't just be the alien people from the comic. They got to be mm-hmm. about other stuff too. And yeah, sentient weapon is pretty good as that sums up the majority of superheroes and supervillains. Sentient weapons. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty fitting. It's so funny. Uh, Hayward, the guy who plays her boss there. Literally, he was in SVU this week playing like a Burt Kavanaugh stand-in. So to see him go from a bad guy to a good guy in the span of two new shows that I watched this week was pretty amazing. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm like, oh, no, you were a bad guy in the other show I'm watching. Oh, no way, you're a good guy here. Whew, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Monica, really, really likable. And boy, do they get you on her side super quick for everything that she's suffered. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, to set up a sword so easily and be like, well, how the hell did this happen? Oh, it happened in the it happened in the snap. It happened all the time you weren't paying attention for. Mm-hmm. That all of this got established and everything got going. And of course, her first mission is to go to Westview and help out the FBI. Mm-hmm. And of course, with the FBI, we get Agent Jimmy Woo back again. <laughs> Which man? How great is he? Yeah. <sighs> He had such a great, like, character development where, like, uh, especially with, like, the magic trick. Everyone was talking about the magic trick, how, yeah, obviously in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, he learned how to do close-up magic. And here we get to see it do close-up magic. What's amazing about that is that it's so quintessentially comic book to me where it's like, hey, here's a bunch of silly side characters that I'm sure you never thought would actually amount to anything. Actually have their own weird, deeply involved character arcs in between everything. It's so great. And I, I, I like that Jimmy as well is is like normal. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like like he's just just a guy. He's an everyman in this universe filled with like, you know, spectacular people. Yeah. They also do a good job uh, hammering out basically a lot of rules for Westview and everything here where it's like, look, this place seems to have deleted itself from everyone's mind. People are compelled to not enter, just like straight up compelled, like there's some sort of thing keeping people from going in. It's Yeah, it's like a thing keeping them from either going in or like, uh, like it's like an illusion, like they don't think it's there or it never existed. Some people can see it and some people can't. Wu and Monica are two of the only people who can see it. And I have to wonder, is that because they have connections to members of the Avengers who have connections to Wanda? Is that why? It could be, but it also could be, I think it was, I think it was um, uh, Monica that said it, where it's like, they don't, they're not from the area. They're not connected Mm. to to, uh, Westview and Eastview and whatnot. Right, yeah, that could potentially be true, too. And uh, the big also reappearance this episode is of Darcy from, uh, what is it, the Thor movie. She gets mm-hmm. to come back here, too, as S.W.O.R.D. brings in science experts from all over the place. And I was watching the show with someone. It's like, wait, wasn't she just an intern? I'm like, she was an intern before the snap. Now it's like five years later, so she's a fucking doctor now. <laughs> There you go. She actually worked her way up, which again, good development for like a silly side character that now they're a full-blown doctor. Yeah, and she's uh, pretty great. It's, it's pretty great when you get a character like this written by like competent writers and actually gives them something to do and something like quite important as she's the one that kind of figures out that Wanda and Vision are in there and they're in some sort of sitcom world. Yeah, some sort of black and white American sitcom with its own weird rules and everything. And they build like a cork board of all the people in the show who do turn out to actually be real people with IDs and everything. Yeah, I New Jersey IDs. So they're people either from the town or like the area. 
that Wanda yeah, has yeah. like engulfed in this in this uh in this uh, hexagonal shield thing that that she's yeah. in. Yeah. Yes, I like they brought up that too. What's with the hexagons? There's hexagons and Sa- everything. Same shape as Vision's Mind Stone. Same shape as the Mind Stone. It also has the word hex in it because Scarlet Witch is magic and she's hexed the town. Mm-hmm. There's also like six infinity stones, so they'd all like fit together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff for the hexes. Uh, also, too, uh, when everyone had their IDs there, they didn't have one for Agnes though. No, no. Which is very interesting. Again, probably playing into the idea that she is probably Agatha Harkness. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Which I love that. I love that we actually get to see that going on there. Uh, What's some other fun stuff? Oh, uh, Darcy gives a really good explanation as to what the radiation is, where it's like it's radiation from like the Big Bang almost. It's like ancient radiation from the dawn of time, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, hey, is well that, well, that was because of the Infinity Stones. They were created in the Big Bang. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good way to explain that. And also, too, is this their way of backhandedly explaining chaos magic, too? Because that's a very comic booky explanation where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, we're basically hacking the building blocks of the universe to make the impossible possible. That's how magic works here. Yeah. yeah I could, I could is- see that. I could see that being a, a thing. And I imagine because uh, obviously this leads into uh, uh i imagine her role in dr strange and everything yeah. and i imagine yeah dr strange is going to get involved and yeah magic is definitely going to be playing a big part in this yeah because right now they're still attacking it from a scientific point of view mm-hmm. they're not really dealing with the whole magic aspect of it no and uh boy you know in a in a show that can sometimes surprise you with the dark twists and turns it takes we actually get to see like weird zombie vision for a second yeah that 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 kind of raises more questions as well as is, is, does that mean like wonder is puppeting his body around or like and like her losing concentration when she uh dealt with monica is that her like sort of breaking that down and not seeing what she wants to see vision as and seeing how he truly yeah. is also begs the question is vision going to be able to survive the end of this now if he's still dead is he really there is he an illusion is he dead but doesn't know he's dead yeah i don't know man i, I could know. i could There's see lots- them having him survive but he'll be like uh the black and white vision and it'll be like a it'll be like it won't be the vision we know whereas it'll be more of like a robotic sort of vision like one who doesn't have his memories or anything right nice pull nice pull yeah he becomes black and white vision because then he can sell that action figure <laughs> gotta gotta be about selling them different uh different figs man that's what it's all about <laughs> that's the that's the sweetest plum of them all oh also too anything that goes in to westview which i like to the shielding on westview what does it look like looks like an old tube television yeah an old crt looks to which again talk about a reference that is totally lost on people of a certain age who have never actually stood next to an old crtv yeah and don't know what that's about and anything that walks through it ends up getting changed so if you're like you and me you're like what the fuck was up with the bee suit guy oh he was wearing a hazmat suit but it got changed yeah to fit the narrative of of the world as i I think uh jimmy says it it's like set decoration it's like that that drone that went in that it turned into like a toy helicopter because that fit the aesthetic of the show which man that's a really interesting twilight zone concept where it's like what else could that work for Mm -hmm. 
also means you can't just send anyone in after them or they too will be changed. Yeah. Gotta wonder too, do you think they'll be building up to Monica Rambeau maybe getting powers off the back of this? I think so. I have to imagine, yeah, somehow this will unlock her powers or she... I could see her maybe even after Wanda blasted her out and everything, that's how she gets her powers. That'll be a nice sort of like parallel to how Carol got her powers from a stone and she gets her powers from a stone. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, just, yeah, that, that awoken your uh, sleeping meta powers from the fact that you went in and went out and survived and, like, mm-hmm. no one else has been able to do that so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool-ass shit. Uh, so, yeah, there's WandaVision for you, everyone, continuing to be super freaking cool. And, again, you know, a lot of people complaining about, like, oh, I wish it was longer. No, I like that it's shorter, and I like we get a week to think about it and talk about it and theorize and everything. Mm-hmm. And also, too, it's as long as, like, an average American sitcom is. Yeah, yeah, it's as long as it needs to be. And, uh, man, so cool for them to, you know, give the spotlight to Darcy and Jimmy Woo, to, like, you know, minor characters who end up showing that they can hold up a whole episode of television to themselves. Yeah, yeah, it was was great. I'm looking for, I'm hoping we get, like, another episode with them, like, a little bit into the season a little bit more because we've got we're about halfway through the season now yeah yeah big agree uh we were talking about this before we started too and obviously you know people on social media have been bringing this up a lot too uh people were loving the uh what is it agents of sword uh jimmy woo darcy thing trying to solve this quirky mystery and i know a lot of people were like oh you know we'd watch a whole show that was just this only for me and you matt to be like uh they made that show it was called agents of shield that ran for seven seasons yeah and everyone complained about it because it was that for over a hundred episodes but you know what i learned something interesting matt because i tweeted those very thoughts uh what is it yesterday and as i look back at that tweet now it is the most successful tweet i've ever tweeted with <laughs> over 500 retweets and two th- uh, 2000 likes <laughs> But perhaps the most interesting thing about it is as I really break this down to see, well, who was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Who was a big fan of it? This is going to blow your mind, Matt. Predominantly women. Yeah? Yeah, women of a certain age loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I thought about it for a while. And I'm like, well, yeah, the cast was predominantly women. Kate, uh, what is it, Quake, Agent May, Yo-Yo, all these other really cool characters. Yeah, Coulson and the other guys were there, but it was mostly the women getting to kick ass and do cool things. And also it was a show that had a lot of love triangles in it, you know, Fitz and Simmons and everything else. So I'm like, yeah, if I was a young teen girl watching CBS at the time writing fan fiction, yeah, I could see that show striking a chord with me. Good good on them, everyone. I'm glad you all like that show, and I'm glad you agree with me when I say it was good and that people gave it too much shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Again, like, from what I've seen is people didn't like it because – it didn't, you know, feature an MCU connection in every scene and yep. every episode. Iron Man wasn't appearing, and yep. like, so, like the the TV show had like Ghost Rider and Patriot and Inhumans Zip. and Quake and all, all these people the in it. But because it didn't have, you know, the Avengers in every episode, it's it's automatically terrible. Yeah, you got Samuel L. Jackson more times than any network television show should ever have gotten Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson, and you still complain. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget Agent Carter, too. Agent Carter only ran for two seasons, but I thought that was actually very good television, too. Yeah, yeah. 
people people give that shit. Hey, those those shows crawled so WandaVision and everything else could rot. <laughs> and yes, if they made a Jimmy Woo and Darcy show and they called it Agents of Sword or Agents of Atlas, yeah, I'd watch it too. <laughs> but just saying, hey, you know, give give the other guys their due. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there was all the news for this week, Matt. That was yeah. fit to print. Yeah. I guess we could talk about what we read this week. You said you had a rough week and didn't get to read everything you wanted. What did I read? I read one, two, three, four, five. I read six books. Cool. I, I read a couple. But it was mainly me just catching up with some stuff. Right on. What uh, what did you read that was new this week? Uh, well, I read a couple of Future State stuff. I started with uh, Superman vs. Imperious Lex, issue one. Ah. See, I didn't actually pick this one up, so you're going to have to take the lead Ooh, on this you're one. Gonna, you're going to want to pick this up. This is Mark Russell dealing with ah, Lex Luthor and Superman. Um, yeah, this this is set in a future with uh, the United Planets uh, ga- getting uh, a message from Lexor, which is the, the, the planet Lex Luthor has absconded to and managed to somehow con his way into ruling it. <laughs> um, and he wants membership into the United Planets, and the United Planets don't want him because it's lex luther he's the pie thief which is what they actually call him in the book oh uh, uh, really yeah i thought it was cakes i thought he stole oh yeah it was cake cakes. yeah cakes that's right he stole 40 cakes the bastard and all these years <laughs> later it's all anyone can talk about <laughs> um yeah they don't want him to do that but uh and lois lane is, is since she's a representative she she leads the charge and not wanting him to be it but then superman returns back to earth after months um out in the galaxy because united planets is suffering from an energy shortage and he's been out trying to search the planets that aren't in the united planets that might have like a a way to help um and he he happened upon these these creatures called the reticulances this robotic race that uh would invade a planet and like sort of take all their valuable resources and he followed them back and it led them right to lexor because as we learn lex is using them to fund the economy of his planet and keep his people happy and and human power and obviously superman doesn't like that and he tries to stop the reticulants but learns that they are actually sentient so he can't destroy them so he tries to find a way to disable them which puts him on a path to confront lex uh lex uh he's it's actually really funny because lex is he's an old man now because it's in the distant future but what he but because he's so vain and uh arrogant and everything he's had like it's not really plastic surgery but it's like he wears like a mask that's like his younger face it's it's only on his face and his hands things that the people would see when he's wearing clothes so people think that he's young yeah yeah kind of like handsome jack um and yeah, Lex basically uses the people against Superman and the people don't want Lex to be taken away from them because he's provided everything for them and and all that. And Superman is... Jeez, it sounds like this Mark Russell book has some socio-political yeah. commentary going on. Yeah. Who'd have yeah. thunk it? Um, but because Superman dealt with the reticulants, the planet has no economy, basically. And Lex knows that. And that's why he reached out to the United Planets for help because sooner or later the people are going to catch on and what happens to dictators when they can't provide for their people mm-hmm. they they hang them yep. and and that's why lex wants membership into the united planet so they can help him and give him aid and superman agrees and wants to aid lex and the the united planets don't want to so it's forced earth to become their sponsors and superman and lois lane have to go to lexor and sort of be like delegates and 
get political. Of course. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that does sound like something I'd enjoy. Yeah, it is really great. It's really great. Lex has got his own action figures and and he makes fun of like, oh, I don't, the action figure is basically a He-Man figure with his head on it. <laughs> it's literally a He-Man figure with its head on it and he makes fun of it because he doesn't look like a 1930s strong man. And uh-huh. yeah, it's great. It's great. That's good. That does sound like something I'll read. I'll definitely have to check that one. I, I knew I wanted... I knew I probably should have because Russell was writing, but at the same time, it's like, oh, there's so many future state books. It's hard to keep up with all of them. Yeah. Uh, what did I have this week? Uh, well, you talked about Superman. I had Batman for this week. I had the second issue of Dark Detective. I haven't read this one yet. I flicked through it, and it looked pretty good. It is. It's fun. It's basically Batman now must solve the murder of Bruce Wayne and how the peacekeepers knew that he was Bruce and knew where to attack him where he was. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they're really living up to the detective part of Dark Detective. And, you know, it's Batman on the run, on the streets, no money, no resources, and he has to get a roommate. Oh, nice. And his roommate is like Dale Gribble from King of the Hill. He's like a wacko conspiracy theorist. (laughs) But it's like, oh, the aliens are abducting people and they're putting mind-controlled drugs in the water. And the joke is, is that, you know, he sees conspiracies and dark secrets everywhere except for in the man standing in front of him who has conspiracies and dark (laughs) secrets. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they do a whole thing there where Bruce realizes that, like, three new companies have popped up overnight, and they're the ones that are, like, arming uh, mm-hmm. the uh, peacekeepers and arming the magistrate. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Bruce knows the people who are running these companies, and they were all fuck-ups before the Joker War, but now apparently they're big CEOs, so there's something rotten <laughs> going on there, and he has to go and investigate that. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just fun stuff. Again, you know, I like uh, I like what Tamaki's bringing to the book. It's a rather interesting flavor. Nice, yeah. And and she's writing it. Uh, she's writing detective comics after this. So she yeah, is. if if it, if you said it was like more detective, it's like living up to that name. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, definitely excited for that. <laughs> some people in my comment section had some funny jokes there where they're like, really? So this guy's a crazy conspiracy theorist because he believes in aliens? But Superman and Starfire and Martian Manhunter and all the aliens we know of that are real and exist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. He's obsessed with little green man aliens that we know don't exist. So you know he's crazy. <laughs> And mind control drugs in the water. How many times has the Scarecrow and Joker alone tried to yeah. poison the reservoir and put drugs in it? It's like, okay, maybe he's not that crazy, actually. <laughs> Why isn't everyone a weird conspiracy theorist in the DC universe? Uh, what else did you have there, Matt? Uh, I had Batman Superman issue one of uh, f- uh, Future State. Right, okay, see, I didn't pick this one up either, <laughs> so yeah. again, do take the lead. Uh, well, uh, the book's uh, new writer in Infinite Frontier, Gene Yang, picks up this issue and uh, tells a story of, like, the opening days of the Magistrate's rule over Gotham. Oh, shit, um, this sounds important. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little important, because um, uh, uh, Superman, he, he, he saves a, a boy from committing suicide, and he learns that the boy was going to commit suicide because he took this drug called the False Face drug false face serum Mm. and it basically makes it you you can turn yourself into any animal or your head into any animal you want and he was going to use it for a prank at his school um but it it had a it had a uh side effect where even without the little device thing that causes it to happen even with that off he still changes and it's Mm. like messed up his entire life and everything and um so superman is uh, uh, learns that it 
came from Gotham. So he heads to Gotham and Batman's like in the middle of like dealing with like the magistrate who have just arrived. And he's like, Oh goddamn fucking people in bright capes ruining my stealth and all that. And um, Batman was well aware of the drug and he'd been tracking it and he didn't realize that it had left Gotham. Um, so the two go on a uh, sort of quest to find out where this drug came from. And they learn from like, there's like uh, people are using it in Gotham because of facial recognition. The magistrate uh. use, they use it to get around it. Um, and they learn like it, juggalos. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they learn it came from old Gotham, which is, the gotham in like the present day gotham which has been buried under the new gotham which mm. is built on top of it and it came from like some weird hospital there and they go and investigate and that's where they meet mr toad uh who's oh. gr another grant morrison creation um, god damn morrison getting so much <laughs> fucking love in future state um and he he's running the false face society as um he's the cousin of the original mr toad and, oh, see, um, it's funny. I, I would have said Black Mask because Black Mask's old gang was called the False Face Society. Yeah, well, the, the, he this is like a new, new and improved one. Oh, okay. Um, he's running it to sort of go up against the magistrate because he saw that his cousin uh, was like right in his thoughts that like the government is like taking their freedoms and whatnot. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's he's decided to run this. Um, run this gang to sort of try and get rid of the magistrate but it's not really working out too well um and then superman has to f fight a bunch of the 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 false face people because they turn into like giant gorillas and rhinos and they look like bo uh uh rocksteady and bebop sort hey. of thing um but we learned that mr toad isn't really out for like the good good of of gotham since uh superman asks him for help like he wants superman wants to help him and the magistrate um but mr toad doesn't want that because we learned mr toad is technically working for them and mm -hmm. wanted superman to come to the city and it, the oh. book the book ends with with him shiving superman in the stomach with a kryptonite knife okay yeah you sold me this actually sounds really <laughs> fucking cool and like something i should be reading especially because genie and lang is going to continue yeah. to write superman batman even after this yeah well it, it it's it's implied that because the, the start of the book is like a one-page panel that takes place after this issue and it's implied that the magistrate want to use superman's powers for something right like power their cybers or something because um the batman fights a bunch of rats that have like eyeballs on their backs that shoot heat vision lasers and stuff <laughs> yeah it's very weird very weird but very comic book i appreciate yeah it. yeah <laughs> all right that's two books you sold me on that i'm definitely gonna have to pick up <laughs> see i didn't read that because i really wanted to read future state suicide squad that came out this week <laughs> this is a good issue this was a mind bender of an issue. I know you and I were both in love with that Tom Taylor book. And it's like, oh, there's no way they could follow up from that. No way they could be that creative or interesting. Eh, this is pretty close in being that creative and interesting, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm using this book now as like a, uh, a like a poster boy for like uh, comics that like have covers that completely lie because oh, the, yeah. because the team on the cover isn't the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Yep, this whole thing was one giant lie. It was one giant misdirection from Robbie Thomas, who admittedly, I'm not that familiar with his work, but when I read this, I'm like, okay, you lied to me. I respect that. You lied to me and didn't tell me. I, that's what I love. I love a good, honest liar, and that's what you are. 
So yeah, like the first half of this book, we meet the Justice Squad, who are like an evil version of the Justice League from whatever universe we're in. And they make a solid point of saying, look, we're in the future state, but this is not the same Earth as the other future state books. I want to say they they mentioned, they said it was going to be around like Earth 3. Well, they eventually do out yeah. themselves as being on Earth 3. But yeah, they, they don't tell you right away. And it's we're basically doing a Dark Avengers thing with the Justice League. So we have a Martian Manhunter, but it's Clayface. We have an Aquaman, but it's the Fisherman. We have a Superman, but it's Connor Kent. Mm-hmm. And man, I got to say, love Connor Kent's costume. It's pretty love good. Love his look here. It's a really good look. And also, man, we have seen so many different versions of like evil Superman, tyrannical Superman. I love that this one actually feels fresh and different. Because mm-hmm. like the whole deal with Connor was always like, oh, well, I'm half Lex Luthor and I'm half Clark Kent. But, you know, Clark, you know, took me and helped me out and I ultimately became a hero. This is like a what if world where if Connor fully, you know, embraced the Lex Luthory villain side of him. Yeah. While also still ironically becoming Superman. Yeah, yeah. We also get introduced to another character called Bolt, who is the Flash, who I think is going to be important because she's like on the poster for like a bunch of Flash stuff that's coming up. Mm hmm says she's a former teen titan and says that she's trying to redeem uh her family for crimes committed and i'm like oh you're related to reverse flash aren't you because that would explain the yellow color scheme and connection to the speed force <laughs> either that or it's like is there there a zolomon or something or something like that i i assumed uh what is it thawne because she's got the creepy yellow eyes that he's drawn with sometimes mm-hmm which then every I said that and everyone in my comment section is like, ah, oh, my little runner uh, referencing that season of Flash when he was in jail. I'm like, oh, fuck, that was a good line. That's a good reference. I wish I made that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, Zeke. That would technically make her the reverse, reverse Flash. Two reverses. <laughs> God damn, yeah, I'm the reverse, reverse Flash. Fuck, yeah, what does that make you? Yeah, Bolt. Bolt is fine. <laughs> Just call me Bolt. It's good. Uh, yeah, we see that the Justice Squad is being controlled by Amanda Waller, who is apparently enacting her, like, big plan for, you know, world peace at any cost. And, you know, she keeps talking about this rather nebulous plan that she's working on, but that, you know, they're going to be able to complete it post-haste, but only if, uh, what is it, Connor Kent Superman can get his team in order. Yeah, and um, I, I like that they... I think it was like second page in, they like set the stakes high. It was like, oh, well, we're just going to kill off the Batman of this team. Yes. By Talon, by uh, <laughs> William Cobb Batman. Because he was too crazy. He loved the violence too yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> but she's distracted from the mission, which Waller was not a fan of. And she says, look, I have contingencies for everything. And if you guys don't do this to my liking, I'll totally defrost Task Force Z which is just the crime syndicate, yeah. but the new version of the crime syndicate that's going to be getting a book soon. Yeah, and I think they even mentioned that like this story is going to follow on in that book as well. Yeah, in, that's, in some also, way. that's also where they drop the bomb where they're like, hey, we're actually on Earth 3. Mm-hmm. That's where we've been all this time. This is the Earth 3 you're seeing. But while all this is going on, there's like weird shadow figures with clocks on their arm tr- uh, ticking down who are following the Justice Squad and paying attention. And it's only after Black Manta keels over dead do we realize, oh shit, it's Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad from the main Earth. They've come here to take Amanda Waller back because she's actually from the main Earth making trouble in Earth 3. And I'm like, oh fuck, what a twist. Yeah, yeah. The, I get it. It was, it was so cool seeing all this sort of come together uh, in, the, in, this, in these twists. And the twists like pay off really well. 
they do. They really, really do. And man, th th this also even kind of fits in with what Taylor was doing because it's like Waller disappeared during the first issue of that series and you never saw her again. I It's officially my headcanon now. You didn't see her because she jumped ship to Earth 3 and was building and, all of this. And then also, it also fits into the stuff Bendis was doing in Action Comics because he set up that like Star Labs was was like do it dealing in like black market like multiversal travel and it's how like um the invisible mafia came to they came from earth three over to the main earth and everything and and they they left and uh, the the owner the owner uh, leon left prime earth to go into the multiverse via star star lab so i could see them tie that into it as well well hot damn also too fun way to be introduced to peacemaker and the new movie adjacent <laughs> suicide squad on the final page of this yeah. book yeah that's a really really nice touch <laughs> i thought that was tons tons of fun to see them there in the way they did but yeah this this is a fun book and it's also like shit i'd read a book about the justice squad too because <laughs> they seem kind of interesting they do don't they yeah, they seem kind of interesting. I love this. They're villains forced to fill the roles of heroes, but they don't want it, but some are super into it. Mm -hmm. but yeah, so this is a book that just works on so many levels, and I went from being apprehensive about a new Suicide Squad book so shortly after Tom Taylor's, but now I'm actually very excited to see what that book could be. Yeah, it's something very interesting, and it's, for all intensive purposes, kind of new characters. Like, the, like yes. there's, there's no, like, like like Harley Quinn or, or no. Deadshot or anything like that. There's nothing tying it to, like, the other stuff or, like, the more popular stuff. This, this is the Suicide Squad as it used to be before <laughs> they had a movie where every run was radically different and you never knew who you were going to get. And only sometimes would you get a Captain Boomerang or a dead shot to be like, oh, yeah, they were on past versions of the team. Mm -hmm. And I love that for this series. I love that it's such a fresh start. Yeah. It also had a backup in that with uh, uh, Black Adam in the 853rd century. Yes. Didn't have time to read that, but it looked cool. And also Black Adam looks a lot like The Rock now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Black Adam in that issue was like he's like a peace lover, <laughs> and everything uh -huh. is pretty funny. Uh -huh. Good for him, but yeah, so uh, that that was definitely my future state book of the week. This Suicide Squad book, this one blew me away. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Did you have much else? Um, I had one more, and that was X Men issue seventeen. Uh, yes, I just finished this actually. Yeah, the the X Men helped the Shia enforce their slavery upon other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was there was a lot going on here. I I will freely admit, every time the X Men go to space for a big like Shia Empire adventure, my eyes glaze over a little bit, and I know that makes me a bad X Men fan because there was an era where they went to space all the time, and that's where you get the Phoenix Force and Lalandra, my mind, and all the other fun shit that the cartoon did but i was kind of like oh oh really we're we're back here okay that's cool i, I did i did like it connected up with the the stuff that empire did this actually yes. like the stuff empire did is actually starting to matter it is hickman's doing a whole lot of like rise and fall of empires where it's like you know the kree scroll empire is on the rise but the galactic economy is fucked so the shiar are coming down but krakoa is coming up on earth too and you know usually if empires grow so quickly at the same rate it's only a matter of time before they start fighting each other yeah they're doing stuff with that in sword as well with, with the the kree scroll alliance sending uh that diplomat to sword to sort of sort out the stuff with scarlet mm -hmm. witch and all that sort of stuff yeah 
Also, it's funny, too, the new Shi'ar Empress who gets disappeared, uh, Zandra, Sandra, again, it's an X, I never know. It's it's Lalandra and Xavier's daughter, and I love Xavier. His daughter's been kidnapped, but he can't be bothered to go himself. He just sends three of his people. Yeah, just, uh, well, yeah, he's not even in this issue. Or he's nope. even made aware of the situation. Nope. <laughs> nope, they don't even mention that's his daughter. I'm like, no. that's his daughter. <laughs> Though, I'll say, this is my first time reading her, too. She's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Like, again, the, she gets taken captive by, uh, what is it, a Stygian zealot who's basically like, you know, uh, the, uh, the mines went dry and we broke our back for, you know, uh, what is it, the Empire, da 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 da, da. And she's like, motherfucker, would you stop talking? If you're just going to kill me, kill me. <laughs> I've been Empress for, like, two minutes, and my legacy is already death, destruction, and division. So, I mean, like, <laughs> look, if you killed me, you'd be doing me a favor, asshole. Yeah, it can't get much worse worse <laughs> and then even at the end when like storm flash fries everyone it's like oh hey so did you like execute uh that zealot no i made him work for us actually because you know that's a fate worse than death to be made a hypocrite when you're a zealot yeah they turned him into a diplomat for stygia <laughs> yeah to where i'm like Oof, that's almost yeah that's crueler than death actually <laughs> And, and you mentioned it before where it's like, so the X-Men aren't asking a lot of questions. They're just helping the Shi'ar Empire step all over a rebel uprising. And like, yes, they paint Ur as one of the bad ones, as like one of the, they took our germs, dirk, 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 dirk. but by and large, what they're saying, like they had good reason to be mad at the Shi'ar. Yeah, that, well, that, that's the thing that the book devotes a couple of pages to explaining that like the, the Stygian people were like given all these like gravity heavy worlds and made to mine them with the promise that the Shi'ar would help their people and the Shi'ar just like up and abandoned them after they strip mine these planets and yeah, so basically being crushed under capitalism space yeah, capitalism use them as as hard labor you know forced labor slaves and that's like yeah. I can understand why this guy's a little bit perturbed <laughs> absolutely which again zandra's even got his number on that where she's like motherfucker i've been empress for like a couple minutes i didn't crash the account i didn't do those things <laughs> give me a chance asshole to which even then she they like kind of make it good at the end where she's like oh you know i gave a bunch of money and aid to these planets to get them off my ass where it's like well you know if you did that in the beginning they wouldn't have kidnapped you <laughs> but yeah no the x-men don't particularly like or they don't even mention this like no. hey these people kind of have a point no and clearly again that's hickman showing like look how much their mindset has mm -hmm. changed now where it used to be the x-men would totally be on the side of the little yep. people but now because of krakoa and building their own empire their own like yep. uh what is it operating systems have changed yeah yeah they don't really care for the little people all that much as much as they want to say they do yeah they're like, no, 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 we're bigger picture people now. Da, 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 da. Yeah, the, the new, also, co new costumes as well look pretty cool as well. They did look cool. There were some very nice drawings in here. Uh, Smasher and Cannonball get some fun side stuff again. Hickman still clearly carrying a torch for them from his Avengers run. Yeah, we got the Smasher squad. Which was really cool, actually. Yeah. I dug that one. <laughs> Zeke saying the Shi'ar, they're the Alabama of the universe. <laughs> sometimes it feels that way <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah x-men was all right i liked wolverine more from this week though i didn't read wolverine i think i'm behind by an issue on that uh it's wolverine uh he becomes patch again to infiltrate an auction where they're selling off a bunch of superhero merchandise okay so they got like the tombstone from craven's last hunt and like the mask <laughs> that captain america wore when he was in the ice oh nice 
They also have, uh, what is it? I think Old Man Logan's arm that got chopped off. Okay. And that sends Logan into a bit of a spiral where he's like, I don't even remember that. How the fuck did they get that? I don't remember that. <laughs> did I get my arm cut off? What the fuck? <laughs> so that freaks him out. But the whole reason he's there is they have Maverick, his old buddy from Weapon X and Team X, who they've wiped his memory and they're selling him off to the highest bidder and you've got like kingpin there and the hellfire club and like a bunch of other villains who want to buy him which is bad enough on its own because he's like a killing machine on the best of days but if one of these bad guys buys him they'll literally have a key to krakoa <laughs> and they can just walk in whenever they want yeah and i'm assuming i don't know declare squatters rights i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh damn the one rule <laughs> Damn it. Why didn't we write that into our ex-constitution <laughs> squatters right? I would love that Wilson Fisk, he just goes in there, curls up into a ball, squatters right, squatters right to get That's the next big X-Men arc, them dealing with like a bunch of like homeless coming over to Kokoa and they, they can't do anything about it. The X-Men homeless crisis, what do we do? <laughs> uh, we gotta think of a good X-pun for that x-men eviction but you know we really like we put an x in there that doesn't belong <laughs> it's just them kicking out a bunch of hobos from <laughs> uh, wolverine oh, i'm so tired chasing these hobos they got hobo strength and hobo speed <laughs> oh and then a bunch of them get powers too and they become the hobo x-men oh yes homeless x-men and they've all got their, their x-jet is just like a freight car on a train yes oh my god a hundred <laughs> times yes and they've all got great names like i'm bindle and i'm tin can <laughs> <laughs> and i'm crazy eddie why do they call you crazy eddie because i'm kind of crazy <laughs> dunn got kicked out of my government bed <laughs> damn you reagan <laughs> yeah the x-hobos exactly no, see, they get houses in Krakoa, and then they become ex-hobos because they have homes. <laughs> That's the thing. How do we defeat these homeless X-Men? I know. We'll give them homes, and they won't be homeless anymore. <laughs> Damn it. That idea is so crazy, it just might work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Wolverine was cool. Uh, had Spider-Man this week. I'll just lightning round through these because I know you don't have many more books left, and we're almost at time anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man was cool. Uh, this might actually be the most I've enjoyed Mr. Negative in a while. Yeah. Yeah, he further explains the rules about the sins, where he's like, yeah, so I got Mr. Negative out of my body, but he took over it one last time, so I don't know what he did. And basically, he got all of his goons together and be like, all right, if I can't have the body, go kill him. Oh, okay. So they've got a bunch of them basically besieging the feast shelter, and the idea is is that like the freaking sins play on the same rules as like freaking vampires or highlanders. They can't go into sanctified ground and the feast shelter is. <laughs> okay. So the sin is just waiting outside for like Martin Lee to either be killed or run out and be rejoined by him. <laughs> That's the A story. The B story is actually much more interesting because it's Peter going to Liz Allen and Normie and basically having to say, hey, Harry relapsed again and is a villain again. Oh, no. Yeah. But again, doing the very thing that Harry said that pissed him off, where Peter has to tell them that he relapsed, but also has to go out of his way to not tell that he's Spider-Man, once again, making it so his secret identity is more important than anything else. Okay. 
and they raid Harry's closet and they find a bunch of goblin shit. But they're like, wait, why did was he stockpiling all this goblin shit if he's kindred and not the goblin? <laughs> okay. So I thought that was interesting. And then it's, you know, Norman who comes up. It's like, hey, I've been spying on you all with cameras. Oh, yeah, you didn't know I have cameras in this house? Well, I do. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to be good now. I did that when I was bad, though. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you should get to feast because, you know, your aunt is there with Martin Lee and, like, they'll kill her, too. So, you know, better go do that. <laughs> and Spider-Man, who's just like, I have been having the worst week ever. My friend tried to kill me. Norman won't get off my case. I'm going to enjoy beating up these inner demons. <laughs> yeah, you get to see Peter cut loose like you never really do before. And it's like, yep, taking up my aggression on you guys. <laughs> But yeah, so that's a fun issue. I, I like that this whole Kindred thing hasn't gone away, and it's just a thing in the background now of these other stories. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, had Daredevil this week from Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, it was a King and Black tie-in, wasn't it? It is, which, you know, you're thinking like, oh, no, a uh, tie-in to a big event for a story like this, surely that will derail it. Nope. <laughs> nope, continues to be great. <laughs> I expect nothing less from Chip Zdarsky absolutely in fact he finds a genius moment with electra who you know she's out there she's fighting crime she's having a hard time not killing people and mm -hmm. she's like well really outside you know not killing people this is an easy job what the hell was mad on about for all these years then one of those symbiote dragons flies by and she's like oh yeah it wasn't just about fighting crime in hell's kitchen like every year he also had a big dumb event he had to be involved in too <laughs> Fuck. yeah i guess that would weigh on you after a bit it's great, too, because she has her size still, but she's taking the point off them, so they're dull size now. Okay. So that's fun, because, again, she's not killing people anymore. She wants to kill people. It, I got very, like, Superior Spider-Man vibes, where it's, like, a real challenge for her and her internal monologue to do the right thing. <laughs> like, she's saving people, uh, what is it, who are getting attacked by symbiotes, and she's like, oh, God, this 16-year-old girl is so loud and so annoying. Why can't I leave her? And go fight a symbiote dragon. Oh, yeah, because that's not what Matt would do. Fuck. <laughs> and Matt's having a hard time in jail because the crooks hate him. And the warden hates him, too, because it turns out, like, Daredevil locked up his son. Oh, okay. <laughs> because he was, like, an old Daredevil villain from, like, the 60s. Okay. So he's mad at him about that. And then it's, like, it's, it's also, too, like, he can't do anything because... They locked up Daredevil, not Matt Murdock, so, like, he can't read any Braille books, he can't go to church, he can't do any of the stuff that might out him as Matt Murdock. Oh, no. Yeah, so he's just having a terrible time in jail, just basically having to sit there and, uh, you know, listen with his super hearing. And then the symbiotes invade the prison, and he gets taken over by Null. Oh, no. So we have Daredevil symbiote now. Oh, God damn it. It's great, too, because Noel's like, ah, yes, my hive mind has told me about you. You're sick as fuck, Matt Murdock. You're the man with no fear, and I'm the god with unlimited power, so together we're unstoppable. <laughs> and his black costume looks like his freaking Shadowland costume, right down to, like, the big dumb horns from the end of the story. Oh, of course. Of course it is. Yeah, you can't. Also, someone said he looks a little like, uh, what is it, the, uh, what is it, like the Hell Spawn version? of daredevil uh what is it when everyone had their weird doppelgangers running around mm -hmm. there for a minute in the marvel universe he looks like doppelganger okay so yeah that's a fun one a lot of great stuff going on in there cool cool and uh the last new book i read was uh white knight harley quinn and i'm not actually going to spoil any of this for you because you need to read it because it's the best mystery book on the shelf <laughs> 
It really is. They reveal who the starlet is, and you probably already guessed who the starlet is, but this is one of those situations where the why and how is more interesting than the who. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, again, I'm shocked that that Harley book is as good as it is. Again, that that whole White Knight universe is just so interesting. Absolutely. Every choice they make is super, super layered and deep and really cool. And also, hey, I hope you love Batman 89 because this issue is absolutely filled to bursting with Batman 89 references. Nice, nice. We We get to see the birth of the Joker in this one, and it's not Ace Chemical, it's Axis Chemical. Oh, awesome. And yes, he's dressed exactly like uh, Jack Nicholson was in the movie. Oh, awesome. Which, again, if we want to think about this in, like, Rick and Morty terms of the multiverse, does that mean the White Knight universe is just a couple steps removed from the Burton movie (laughs) universe? Yep. Just a couple things on that Maslow scale or whatever they call it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's really good, and I don't want to say any more than that because you should check it out for yourself because it's really goddamn good. Got me interested now. And it's and, and an amazing cliffhanger too, where I'm like, I actually don't know where they're gonna go with this, <laughs> because it's another universe, and they could end this story right here if they wanted, or they could keep going. Yeah, how long is that series? Is it like six issue mini, twelve issue? I want to say it's only six. Yeah, I want to say it's real short. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess with that, that's everything we read this week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you, everyone for coming hanging out with us here on another Sunday night. We hope we could bring a little joy and entertainment into your lives right now. If you're a patron, as always, you'll be sure to get this first before anyone else. Uh, big, mad respect to all of our patrons for continuing to support our endeavors and put a little extra scratch in our wallets in these trying times when we could really use it. You've saved my ass a couple times. Yeah, save mine a couple as well. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, Matt and I are deeply, deeply uh, thankful for that. Thank you to our sponsors, both old and new. Uh, You got anything planned for this week, Matt? I'm going to try and stream either Monday or Tuesday because there will be no regular Elseworlds exchange this week. Uh, Sal has a banked one, so I'll actually have a free day. Uh, I'd I'd like to stream some more, but I probably got to catch up with some some of my videos and stuff. And if, if I've got the time, I might. There's a lot, man. There's so many of them. Yeah. Which, again, you know, it's can't really complain because, like, nothing's really a chore right now. All the books we're reading, we're really enjoying. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the – but that's also the bad thing as well because it's like – because usually there's a – by now there would have been a couple I would have dropped. But I'm like, oh, they're also – it's the X-Men problem all over effect, again. Yeah, I know, right? I know. It really, it really, really is. Uh, next week, uh, too, I'm going to have a big, much-in-demand indie book on the channel uh for the first time in a while excited to get that one to you and to go along with that i'm gonna have another interview next week too if we can get all that lined up and worked out so get ready for that everyone and i won't awesome. fuck up that interview <laughs> I won't, won't the NBI code. i'll get it right this time <laughs> should i do more of those do people like the interviews tell me in the comment section because there's like several people i really want to talk to but wasn't sure if I should reach out to because I didn't know if it like messed up the flow of the show or anything or if people think it makes the show better or worse or what it is. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's like a couple people I'd really like to talk to and who I know would love to come on here, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there we go, everyone. Again, thank you so much for watching and listening, and we will be back again next week. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse play, both on Twitch and on YouTube. Yeah. Catch you later, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone.